What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The U, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, surge, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, the surge. The same thing when we walk through, with the U ain't no bark, dude, straight dog when we bring the fight, ain't scared of no bright lights. Welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. It is Tuesday. June 8th, around 5 o'clock. I know it's been about a month since we've done a podcast here at Wide Right. We've uh, been very lazy this summer, waiting for uh, this recruiting period to come along. And who else could I bring in but the familiar voice of former Miami Hurricane Kelvin Harris to be my co-host for this episode. Kelvin, uh, what what's your summer been like, man? I know you've been exercising a ton. You and I have been talking a whole lot of NBA in our free time. But what do you uh, have you, have you lost some weight, man? You look thinner to me. Oh, yeah, lost, yeah, uh, probably, I don't know, maybe 20 pounds. That's great, man, and just uh, walking around the neighborhood around there in Fort Myers, right, pretty much? Actually, it's the crack. It's the um, crack, that's the secret? <laughs> I um, I got a really good dealer, and I get good <laughs> rates, and uh, he remembers me from when I was in high school and at UM, so I pretty much don't pay for it, and um I'm I'm gonna do an infomercial on YouTube uh, on you know how to properly you know use the crack because you know it gets a bad rap but if it's done properly um, uh, it you know you can lose I, I some weight make, yeah I think I can make some money off of this this YouTube thing. <laughs> well, I, I I appreciate you coming on man uh, to help me out with this episode because Mike Zimmerman and company. You know, these guys, uh, they're too busy with the big national podcast now. They, you know, they, they said, hey, you're going to have to do a lot of this stuff on your own in the future. And I said, all right, that's cool. But, you know, I got to get Kelvin. I got to get people on to co-host me because I hate talking to myself. Those podcasts to me are boring and I need to have some entertainment. You provide it with your crack jokes. So I appreciate it. Um, I, I, obviously, it's a busy time for Miami in terms of recruiting. We knew that, you know, this month of June was going to be busy since, uh, you know, nobody had been on college campuses officially for visits in over 15 months. And basically they have crammed four weekends plus, you know, cookouts and other kind of camps all together into this month. The one month that yeah. they're actually allowed to, to talk and meet with kids. I, I, so, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why they forced them into just one month. It makes no sense. And it's funny, I was talking to a Miami staffer last night. I said, um, you know, what is it as far as the months ahead? What's the plan? They still don't have any idea. The NCAA hasn't really given them any clarity. So once July hits, yeah, once July hits, all of this is over in terms of contact. And then I guess the NCAA has to sort of reestablish, you know, the dates and so forth when when visits and and so forth can resume. Well, what I would like to see is, okay, you can the camps in June because if something happens injury wise, you still got all of July and, and even in this you know a couple of weeks in August for a kid to recover, and and just you know just depending on the state, all of August because some of them start in September, mm-hmm. and then 
what you can use July for is visits, mm-hmm. unofficial official visits. So, you know, let the kids, you know, schedule their official visits, you know, over the weekend. Uh, and that way, you know, the, um, the the uh the, the high school coach doesn't have to worry about him getting hurt in July at a camp, you know, at a school camp. Right, at a seven so, on seven or whatever activities that they're doing, whatever they're going through with the coach. I, I think the other thing is, yeah, let's let them let let the colleges have June, but they can still have contact with them. And then I think the other thing is um well that might be a bad idea. I was gonna say have them allow the coaches to come to the seven on seven camps and the uh rivals in twenty four seven camps. But no, that won't be a problem because all that all that's gonna do is it's basically having a foolishness. Shorts mm. shorts all Americans. Right. Well that uh, happens anyway, man. You know that shorts all Americans list every year. I mean, uh that's gonna happen no matter what, because of seven on seven football. I mean, you know, there's always gonna be the guys that, that get all this hype and then you know when it comes to the fall, you're like, Well, where'd they go? Well, they're shorts all American, right? The summer summer seven yeah. on seven all American. Um well, Kevin, let me let me set the table here just just for people tuning in that maybe have not been paying attention because there's a lot of people out there who don't really pay attention in the middle of the summer to what's going on in college football. But let me just set the table uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, you know, June 1st and June 2nd, the first two days, like everybody else in college football, Miami had, you know, two huge cookouts, um, one for the upperclassmen uh, at the senior class on June, on June 1, the 2022 kids. And then on Wednesday, the day after, they had all the underclassmen, 23, 24, 25, the top kids uh, that they invited to come and 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 have a free meal. Um, You know, they was well participated. I think they had up to like 35 upper uh, upperclassmen seniors to be uh, on Tuesday. And then I want to say between another 40 and 50 uh, underclassmen, you know, the top local, many of the local kids, you know, as far as juniors sophomores and freshmen uh, who were on campus. So it was very well attended. And that was a victory for Manny Diaz because the worst thing that could have happened is, you know, no kids show up, right? <laughs> it's obvious hey, that, he's, that he's made a ton of progress that it was well attended. No, no, nobody's not going to show up for free food. So, right. I mean, now that the Armella kid was interesting in that he went to the Midnight Madness thing at FSU and then he flew back and made right. barbecue. And, and I think he had to go to FSU Right, that's um, where his dad played. Yeah, he's got obligations. Him and Marvin Jones both have to at least pay respects. I, I don't know if FSU is in the lead for both of them. Uh, they've been doing a good job early on recruiting. But I I got to be honest with you. I just don't trust them as recruiters right now. Um, I think once, once you get into the season, I think um, – Miami will come around. I mean, I see we we got Shamar Stewart uh, coming around. Um, if I had my choice, though, I'd take down, I'd, I'd take up uh, Marvin Jones all day. That kid's the best. He's the best pass rusher in the, in the state. Well, we can we can certainly get into that debate in a little bit. Let me just let me continue to set the table here. So you mentioned Florida State. Uh, I think they've got uh, eight commitments right now. One thing I've heard from my conversations with people on Miami staff, and we'll get into who the visitors were the first weekend and, and, and next week and even 
the one after because I've got a list here. I've spent some time, you know, going back to my roots many years ago when I was a young man, not a 42 year old uh, guy with a gray beard and, and two kids. <laughs> but, but when I was kidless and I spent a lot of time caring about recruiting, I, I went back to that reporter guy and I, and I talked to a lot of people this week. But um, my takeaway is. Florida State's got eight commitments, but Miami likes some of the guys on their commitment list. And I think Miami is sort of banking on the fact that Florida State's not going to have a great year. And at some point, you know, they're going to they're going to Miami's going to be able to come and swim and, and, and get whoever they want, you know, from the Florida States and other programs. I think that's sort of a, an, an approach internally of, hey, we only have two commitments right now. Right. Quan Lee, the, the receiver out of Gainesville, who they picked up last month. And Ja'Curry Brown, who they got in March, the four-star quarterback out of Georgia. But I think the feeling with Miami is, look, patience. Uh, we got two really good back-to-back classes. A lot of the kids in the 22-22 cycle aren't going to play at Miami as freshmen. They may not even play their second year because of how much depth this team has. And so mm-hmm. what they want to do is, I think the approach from Miami's perspective, what I've gathered from my conversations with guys on the staff is, they want to get the best kids. And so the reason they've only got two commitments is because it's not like before when, when they went out and they got commitments from three-star guys and two-star guys because they were worried, oh, we, we may not get somebody. They're big fish hunting in this class, and, and they want oh, yeah. the best. And not only that, but they're also looking at the transfer portal. I mean, there are guys in that transfer portal that they want, including a kid who signed with USC recently um, and, and, you know, the last cycle – and then now just, just the same thing as, as Cody Brown, the running back out of Tennessee that they got, I mean, out of Georgia who went to Tennessee that they got, it's the same deal. They're trying to get this kid on board uh, to come to Miami. I'm going to give you his name right now. I have it here in my notes. Uh, is a Toya first- or something like that. Yeah, Jay to- uh, Toya, uh, a 6'1", 300-pound defensive tackle, four-star defensive tackle out of Simi Valley. Uh, he entered the transfer portal last week, went to Michigan last weekend on a visit. Miami's working to get him to come on a visit and, you know, they're, they're still looking at linebackers. So to me, you know, right now, as it stands, Miami's got 23 available scholarships. They got two commitments so that really leaves them with 21. I think they'll, they'll hold a handful more for transfer. So really when you look at this class, maybe 17, 18 high school seniors and the rest end up being transfers and, and guys that they, you know, signed backwards, you know, like the older Wooson kid mm-hmm. from UNLV, the offensive tackle. And, um, uh, Cody Brown, who we mentioned earlier, that their scholarships count towards the 22 class. So, um, you know, I think, you know, and I also had a conversation with Manny Diaz uh, a couple weeks ago for, for my state of the program, which is online uh, today, just made it today uh, at theathletic.com. You know, they're being really, really patient. They're looking in the transfer portal. This is about, this is no longer about, hey, we need bodies. This is about, we want the best kids. Well, p- part of the reason why they can do that is one, they had a good year on the field and two, they had a really great year recruiting and they got some of the top kids and those kids are energetic about recruiting their friends. Cause let me tell you something, yep. any program, I don't care who it is, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson. If the kids ain't promoting the program, you're not going to get good kids. And right now the kids are promoting the program, but deeper than that, the talent in Dade and Brown County, ain't up to the same level as it has been the last couple of years. So why would you take commitments from guys who you really don't think are that good? I mean, and I, I told DVD this, like um, when I look at the D, I'm, I'm going to use the DBs. When I look at the DB class in Dayton, Broward County, there's two kids from here in my area 
that are better than everybody, but maybe are a little. And that's Devin Moore from Naples, who is probably going to go to Notre Dame. I mean, he visited Notre Dame, Bama, uh, Florida, and Stanford. Kid's 6'3", 190, and runs a 4'4". He's been starting since his freshman year. Uh, he's a track guy. And I look at all the kids, like, over here. Like, I know a lot of people like the Jacoby Spells kid. He ain't he ain't as good as Devin Moore. And then the Chris Graves kid from here in Fort Myers and Bishop Row. 6'2", 175, 4'4", 540, long arms, and he plays receiver. So what that means is if the ball comes to him, it's possibly a pick six. But I look at him and I see if he was in Dade Broward County, he would be a five-star kid. He would be – and now mind you, he's a four-star kid now or high three-star. I don't know how they rank that shit. But mm-hmm. he's he's got a lot of interest – because, you know, it, it just it, you, know, you look at the class, and I'm not saying that these kids in, you know, Dayton, Broward County aren't good, but they're not – ain't no Patrick Sertains in this class. And let me just say that. Right. No, the, the talent level this year is definitely down in Dade County from the last couple of years. And, and you know, I, I'm preparing to do some recruiting confidential type articles for The Athletic. So I've done a lot of research just on the state. And, you know, the one thing I don't think Miami gets enough uh, credit for – Kelvin is, you know, you, you talk about mining the state for talent. In the last six years, I went back all the way to 2016 when Mark Rick and Manny Diaz first got here. In terms of the blue chip kids, I'm talking four and five star according to the 247 rankings, the composite and all that. Nobody's yeah. recruited more four and five star kids than Miami in the state of Florida. Uh, they've got 51 kids. I think Florida is next with like 42. So it's not like they're they're not doing a good job recruiting not only their backyard, but their state. The issue is you know, the best, best, best kids, the Bosa's, the Sertans, that's who Miami's trying to win over. And I think now, you know, building off of what they did last year, getting James Williams, uh, the five-star kid, the safety out of out of uh, Plantation American Heritage, getting Leonard Taylor, another five-star kid, you're starting to see the tide change a little bit for Miami. And maybe some of that had to do with the fact that kids couldn't take trips. But the point is, with Javaris Robinson on staff, with Demarcus Van Dyke on staff, with Rhett Lashley on staff. Let me tell you, I, I've talked to some high school coaches the last couple of weeks. I, it, I don't think it can be undersold how good of a recruiter Rhett Lashley is and how well he bonds with kids. Okay, he does a really, really good job. So that's another aspect on the offensive side where I think maybe it doesn't get talked enough. But my point is, you know, they're shooting, they're shooting for bigger stars now. It's not just about getting, you know, the, the four-star, the three-star guy. Uh, they, they, they want the best. And so th- these last couple of weeks, and, and they're going to have some big time visitors on campus here the next couple uh, next couple of days. Um, but you look at this past weekend, okay? Uh, well, seven guys who came to campus. I think I talked to three of them o- over the phone the last couple of days, but I'll go over them real quickly. Quentel Jones, three-star defensive lineman, defensive tackle, 6'2", 315 out of uh, Peach County, Georgia. Anthony Jones, a tight end. Uh, well, he's a two-way player out of uh, Henderson, Nevada, Liberty. 6'5", 242. He's a three-star kid. Malik Agbo mm. was the big one. I don't know if you saw the photo of him and Manny Diaz. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that, was hilar- that was hilarious. He's a kid out of Washington, 6'5 and a half, 324 star. Miami's looking, him, looking at him as an interior offensive lineman, even though he's listed as an offensive tackle. Um, you know, he's somebody very high up on their board. Um, you know, they, they really like him. And I think, you know, Garen has a good relationship with him. Uh, here's I'm going to go over the whole list here. Jordan Allen, another safety three-star kid out of Louisiana. 
Lafayette Christian. You mentioned Graves earlier, the cornerback out of Fort Myers, Bishop Barreau, whose second cousin is Malik Curtis. He's a three-star mm. kid, 6'1", 175. Uh, they had uh, Omar Graham out of Fort Lauderdale, Stranahan, the linebacker, kind of undersized, 6'1", 205, three-star. Then they had Traquan Fagans um, out of Oxford, Alabama. He's a four-star kid, top 100 recruit cornerback, 6'2", 181 out of the Alabama area. Of those seven, Okay. The ones I was told, the only ones I told, I was told that Miami would have accepted a scholarship. Like had those kids wanted to commit, they would have taken it were Graves. Okay. The, the Bishop Vero kid and mm-hmm. Agbo. Those are the two kids. Now, obviously Fagans, I know he's a top 100 kid, but I guess the feeling with Fagans is, you know, he, he may end up at Alabama. Uh, he's obviously it's the home state school, Alabama, you know, just beginning to sort of slow play the kid and, and, and may end up jumping on him. But I, uh, Graves and Agbo are the two they would have taken commitments from. I think in the weeks ahead, there's more guys, more high profile. They're going to get both of those. Yeah. Well, that's I the think feeling, they're going right? to get both. I'm right. pretty sure they're going to get Graves. Yeah. What, yeah. What, I'm pretty what, sure what, they're going to get seven, Graves. Of those seven, so which Agbo ones did you like kid, the most? A Graves and Agbo. <laughs> yeah. The, the two that they want to take, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it. I'm hearing, you know, through the other little people who do the recruit thing that they're not too, that the Graham kid is uh, sliding down. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got uh, one of my old Canadian league teammates. His son is coming in for a visit. And if he, uh, if he commits, they'll take it. He's right. a linebacker. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about next week's class uh, and the kids that are part of that group. But I guess my point is, again, Miami is taking their time here and they're meeting the yeah, kid. They, and, and one in they're story. in a position to be able to do that. Yeah, they're in a position to do that. And one one thing I wrote in my story today, my, my recruiting article for the Athletic, um, is is the fact that they're not putting any pressure on these kids either. Like it's just one of those things where they're talking to them, but they're not asking them to commit. And I think you know that's one approach that may or may not pay off for Miami. But right now, with kids like um, Anthony Jones, the the, the kid out of uh, Nevada, who you know, Miami wants as, as a tight end. Other schools like Oregon um, want him as, as a defensive end. Um, the kid likes that. He likes the fact that Manny Diaz, when, when he sat down in his office with Manny Diaz, there was no pressure. Like, hey, we need you to commit now and this and that. Like, the kids are responding well to that. And, and we'll see. But that, that I, I guess the theme of the early going here for this podcast and a message that I want to be able to convey to listeners is, yes, Miami only has two commitments, but there's no reason to panic. There really isn't. There is, and, and the theme that I'm going to convey is is that the talent level in this class, not just in Florida, mm-hmm. but all over, mm-hmm. is ah. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not saying that the kids aren't good, but hey, ain't no Trevor Lawrence's in this class. Right. Ain't no Derrick Henry's in this class. And, and if you notice, even at the, we, we didn't even talk about wide receiver. No. We haven't. The, the state wide receivers, uh, not very good this Fresh. year in terms of overall uh, numbers. Uh, yes, they've got Quan Lee out of, out of Gainesville, but he's one of these guys who, you know, you talk he about. reminds comp- me of DJ Dallas when you read his story. I mean, the guy has his own business moving. <laughs> right, moving company. I, I'm trying to get Quan. Shark Tank or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to get Quan on the phone to do a feature story on him, but I know the guy from Gainesville, your buddy, you, you were on his show. Streeter, yeah. Um, yeah, Streeter. He, he was He's the care. <laughs> yeah, he had him on there. So if you want to check out the interview, at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get Quan on. Um, but you know, this coming week, let's talk about this coming week because there's more guys that they're gonna push for. Um, I'm gonna go over the list quickly. Number one, Bear Alexander. This is a kid, a five-star kid. He's kind of the headliner 
um, was a Georgia commitment for a long time out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, Brewer High School, 6'3", 325. I, I know people I just think- got through, I just got through watching his film. What do you he, think? Uh, ooh. Yeah, he's he's got a chance to be good. He's he's got he, he most of the time he plays low. He does pretty good against double teams, and he's pretty mobile. I, I saw another film of him, you know, playing some basketball. He's got he's got pretty good athletic ability, but he is a, a run stuff. Yeah, he he's a guy that from what I my intel from from my conversations with people on Miami staff is. You know, he'd been talking to Miami for a long time. I think he got a Miami offer, you know, years ago. And basically, Miami's recruiting department, you know, always talked to him. They just maintained the conversation. Uh, you know, one of these national kids who'd never been down here, but apparently his father is a Hurricanes fan. And wow. so that that's sort of the connection. And the, an hour after he decommitted from Georgia, he announced his first trip was to Miami. And, the co- and apparently he'd been telling the staff for a while, hey, when I decommit from Georgia, I want to come see you guys. And he kept it <laughs> true to his work. Yeah, so. I talked to Georgia. I talked to the to the Georgia, the Georgia, the main Georgia beat writer, and he was like, Yeah, he's basically just a nose tackle. But and I get what he was saying, he's trying to downplay it. But the reality is if you look at Georgia's D line, they're basically Alabama. Right. I mean, the interior guys for Alabama and Georgia are great two technique guys. Now mm-hmm. Every now and then they'll have a guy that can uh, give you some pass rush, but they're basically there to stuff the run, and that's what he does. And I think if uh, he has a chance to have uh, uh, Jess Simpson for two years, I think he could learn the rest of the pass, or he could be pretty good. Well, he's a guy that the Miami staff is definitely excited to have coming in. And, again, nothing to lose here. Yeah, it's a free trip for a kid from Texas to Miami. But their feeling is, look, even if Texas A&M is where he ends up, the fact that we're getting five stars on campus for trips, that national guys want to come to Miami, he's a step forward. And sooner or later, you're going to start to win some of those battles for those national five stars. So he's he's the headliner for this coming weekend. But there's other good players. In fact, the Jacoby Spells kid, uh, who, who I think you mentioned earlier, the, the four-star cornerback out of American Heritage, this is the week he comes here. Um, you know, he went to West Virginia last week. Uh, had a good time. Um, he'll be going to Georgia for an unofficial uh, can, next week. Can, can, can I be honest with you? Yeah. The fact that he went to West Virginia makes my point about Chris Graves. <laughs> right. Well, Chris Graves, by the way, is also still taking trips. He's going to LSU. And uh, I think I forgot who the third school was. but He ain't going to Virginia, though. Yeah, right. No, I, listen, my, the, who Miami is competing against for some of these kids – um, you know, you mentioned West Virginia. I mean, you would think Miami would 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 win that battle, right? You would think they would. Edge yeah, out. but well, you're missing my point. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be winning. We shouldn't even want to win that battle. Right. You should want to win the battles against the Alabamas, the Ohio States, and the Clemsons. Those are the kind yeah. of kids you want. Right. I get it. No, I, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about high school kids, but I'm just looking at the process. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel you. I, I'm trying to be delicate here. <laughs> because I think the kid has some talent, but that's got fool's gold written all over it. That, you think the so? Red, the, West, the West Virginia visit is a red flag. Okay. All right. Listen, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, Spells will be here. He's a four-star kid. I know Manny Diaz and, and company like him. I saw him interacting with Manny at that Under Armour in March. And, you know, he's he, he's not uh, Earl Little Jr., but he's, uh, <laughs> he's the guy who plays opposite him, and he'll be coming down. Um, all right, so they got a couple other – they got one other four-star, Isaiah Horton. 
a kid out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, 6'3", 190-pound receiver. In the end, Miami's not starving for receivers. They got Quan Lee right now. In fact, I would say the receiver that they want more than any other uh, is this Jaden Gibson kid who's, you know, 6'4", uh, 185 out of West, uh, West Orange uh, High School in Winter Garden, Florida. He's a basketball, track, football kid. Um, and I know from talking to uh, Ja'Curry Brown, Miami's quarterback recruit, that's the guy he's focused on trying to convince to commit this weekend. Um, so from, from an offensive perspective, a receiver perspective, I can say that's the next guy they're closing in on. Have you seen any of Gibson's film? And, and what do you think of, you know, no, Lee as far as a player? I wanted to ask you. Quan Lee's not bad. I talked to Lamar about him because, you know, he went, to, he went to Lamar's high school and Lamar likes him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but he's a good character kid and um, he was pretty productive. I haven't really looked at his film, that much of his film, but he's pretty athletic. Um, and like you said, we, we got a lot of receivers, but you know, he's another character guy. Um, mm. and I don't know how many receivers they're going to take in this, this class. So, you know, you get it out the way early, but the one I thing think I would two to three, I would think two to three receivers overall. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. We, we have a drawing card for receivers because we've got a quarterback committed already. Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and I would say Jake Garcia and, and you know, you, you just mentioned uh, Ja'Curry, Ja'Curry Brown, Brown who's coming down. Um, and, you know, those guys have, have done a good job, especially Jake Garcia. He's very popular among recruits. You know, him and James Williams, Romello Brinson, when they come to campus, from what I understand, you know, they got a lot of friends in, in college football. And you mentioned earlier how Manny Diaz is really leaving this in the hands of the players, you know, and, and, and letting the players sort of recruit themselves in this uh, – you know, LeBron James super era team, <laughs> you know, era, yeah, <laughs> super team era. Uh, that's kind of what what Miami's approach is to this. They're letting the players sort of recruit themselves. And and Ja'Curry, and I'll play some audio later um, in this podcast from, from my conversation with Ja'Curry this week as, as he gets set to come back here. Uh, but essentially what he told me was, yeah, he says, I, I talked to the coaches. I FaceTime with them. I asked them, who are you guys really on? And those are the guy he calls. So those that's he he does strategic recruiting for Miami. That's that's a good smart approach, is it not? Uh, and, and that's how it was. that's how what, what Mel and Lonzo did. They basically Schnellenberger got those guys, and then they went and got their bells. And you know, like I said, the players recruit the players. Absolutely. All right, let me go through the rest of the list here, and, and you can stop me when you want to stop me. Um. Okay. All right, so Caden Helms, uh, tight end, three-star tight end out of Nebraska. He's one of the three tight ends Miami's really focused on. We mentioned Anthony Jones from Vegas. I have some audio from him. I'll play in a little bit. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, aside from from Caden, uh, Miami's also going to get uh, Jaleel Skinner, a four-star kid out of South Carolina. He'll be coming in a couple weeks. But Caden's a guy, from, from talking to somebody on the staff last night, they think he's the best fit because of his receiver skills. He's 6'5", 222. Um, the mm. problem is most people think Oklahoma is probably the team to beat. But, you know, we talk about the tight end position. I would say he's he's one of uh, three that they're looking at. And I think ultimately if they sign two. It's only because maybe they have some more problems on the roster with kicking guys off, et cetera. OK. Um, all right. Justin Medlock. I know he's he's your guy here. The three star linebacker out of Man- Manville, Texas. Um you know, he's Miami's in on the three in-state linebackers, including Wesley Besaint out of Miami Central, who's the, who I would think is their number one defensive target. Uh, but Medlock is an interesting uh, player. He's only 6'1", 210, went to the same high school 
as uh, as quarterback De'Ara King. I know his dad, I guess, played linebacker at Texas A&M. He's got a brother who was a tight end, so he comes from an athletic family. Tell me about the Medlocks, man, what you know and what you think. Me, me and Jason, his dad, we played in the Canadian League uh, together. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to tell you guys this story. Go ahead. All right, first of all, we played in Las Vegas. This is when the Canadian League expanded to America. So we played in Las Vegas, which is a whole nother 30 for 30 that whole one year. <laughs> so, you know, we go our separate ways. But after Jason left Vegas, he went to Calgary and he played in Calgary for two years. Um, they're in the game. And he's uh, he has started here before at Rush In. Mm-hmm. And the starting defensive tackle gets hurt. They, they were down a couple of defensive tackles. So they put this guy in, three. And after the play, this guy is uh, grab-assing with one of the uh, offensive linemen and gets Peter rolled right in the met lolly. Mm. Tears the ACL. He ends up having to uh, rehab that whole year. And that was basically the end of it for him. He didn't come back the next year. He stopped playing. So he says, you know, they get back to the dorms. And that guy says, man, I'm so ba- I'm so sorry, man. And, you know, he said, man, the dude was a real nice guy and a good dude. He was just like, no, nah, you know, hey, hey, Dewey. Hey, Dewey. <laughs> you know who Dewey is, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He says, hey, Dewey. No, no, it wasn't your all. Shit happens. Now, I know you feel like, who the hell is Dewey? It's Dwayne Johnson. So <laughs> Dwayne Johnson ended this man's career. And that's wow. how ironic this whole thing is. But anyway, then I live. I actually playing arena ball in Houston, and I ended up staying in Houston. And Jason, you know, was living in Houston. So, you know, we, you know, we're friends. We did business together. His roommate at NM is not a defensive coordinator for the Lions, Aaron Dan, who was an all-pro corner mm-hmm. uh, in the league for uh, a, a few years. He played, like, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So he has an excellent line. The older brother... Is a tight end at UConn. He's actually looking to transfer. So um, Justin reminds me of Jesse uh, Armstead. He um, he's great in space. He's got great range, and the way they use him, he covers. He could he could actually play the striker position. Yeah, that's that that's an area that obviously now when you look at how Miami's going smaller at weak side linebacker and striker, it's more about guys that are just fast and can play in space and tackle. And I think, you know, he's six one, two ten. That's probably the ideal size for a striker, right? I mean, that's 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 what I think Gilbert Frierson is, isn't he? He's in he's in he that same exact size, six one, two ten. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, how this visit goes with Miami. But I think right now that's his only official visit in June for Justin Medlock is Miami. So I think, uh, you know, there's there's a possibility that could be a, a future commitment. So, all right, let me let me keep going down this 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 list here. Ja'Cory Thomas, another striker uh, type recruit uh, out of Orlando Boone. He's 6'1", 188. Um He's going to also he's also being recruited by Florida State. Um, so he's going to end up visiting FSU. I think it might be a Miami FSU battle for him, uh, assuming Miami wants him. Uh, I mentioned Jaden Gibson earlier, the big 6'4", 175 pound receiver. 
Um, you got Leighton Nelson, the offensive tackle out of Orlando Boone. He's a three-star kid, 6'4", 275. You, you talk to, you know, Garen and, and, and people, uh, you know, related to the offensive line. What's kind of the approach from the offensive line in this recruiting class? Well, they're going to need some more bodies next year. And uh, I know Garen is really high on this Nelson kid. He actually might be this number two guy, I think, behind, um, well, maybe number three. Uh, behind Agbo and um, Armella. Yeah. yeah. Where where does Cameron Williams fit in? He, he's a 6'5", 360-pound kid out of off, uh, out of uh, Duncanville, Texas, offensive tackle, four-star recruit, according to 247. Um, he loves it. Yeah. I, I, where, where, I mean, ultimately, though, it seems like none of these guys, the good news is none of these guys are going to have to play right away. Well, I think he'd take all four of them. <laughs> he would if he could get all four of them, right. Yeah, he'd have time to development, develop some of them. Um, all right. And that's, then, I, then I see the Dachi Richardson kid is, you know, he's trying to, you know, put his name on the radar. I don't really know anything about him. I got to ask Roland about him because he's a central kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big he is. But those other guys, the Williams kid, I actually watched some. Well, I was watching Duncanville and Manville or Duncanville and uh, North Shore because they've had. They've had a battle the last two years, and um, I was watching, the, you know, and then, you know, he's a left tackle, and you're like, you know, at first I wasn't paying attention, and I was like, oh, he's a junior. Then you go back and look, it's like, well, he's big as hell. Mm-hmm. Damn, he's got some great feet. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they really – but but the thing about it is, okay, he's in Duncanville, Bear Alexander's in Fort Worth. That's in the DFW area. They know mm-hmm. each other. Justin Medlock's in Manville. That's a state power. They all know each other. So if one falls, you probably could get at least one or maybe both or the other. Right. And then there's some other Texas kids recruiting. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get maybe two, two to four kids from Texas this year. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, the state of Texas, really, when, when you look at, and I went back and I looked at just the blue chip recruits, just the ones that 247 Sports gives a four or five star to, Texas and Florida are way ahead of everybody else in terms of just producing every single year, having, you know, guys that are considered that level. So it is important for Miami. I mean, you you don't want to just get De'Aaron King or or Charleston Rambo out of Texas. You want to try to get some of these defensive tackles, these offensive linemen, because back in the day when Jimmy was doing it, he always got guys out of Texas. Well, yeah, ironically, it started with Charles Farms. And it was funny because I was his host. And I thought for sure he's going to Oklahoma. So we just like, hey, man, we're going to have a good time. We went shop pool, went to a club. And he kept saying, yeah, man, I'm coming here. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then he shows up. And then, <laughs> you know, then the next year we get Jesse Armstead and Kevin Williams. And then we get A.C. Tellison. So there was about a three, four, five-year run of Texas guys. Right. And, you know, Louisiana is another place where we, we'd have one of one or two guys, you know, we got Pat Riley. He was the first one. He had Carlos Jones. Mm-hmm. You got some more Jayina. The problem is, is that, you know, LSU is, is, you know, they do a great job of keeping kids in state. And then the other problem is, is that the kids now in Louisiana, they just, their families aren't financially able to send them to places as far away as Miami. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Alabama's not that far. Georgia technically isn't that far. They can drive to Georgia. They can they can drive to Athens. They can drive to Tuscaloosa. They're not driving to Miami. 
Yep. They're not. Let me ask you, uh, this this Falentha Carswell kid, have you heard about him? He's a new visitor that uh, I got a text message from somebody on Miami staff this morning. They added him as an extra visitor this coming week. Anyway, interesting kid. He's out of Sandersville, Georgia. He's never played football. He's a basketball player, 6'7", 275 pounds. Ooh. And right now, the only schools he's got offers from besides, uh, you know, not not really. I don't think he's got a scholarship offer even yet from Miami, but he's got Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss and Oregon. But Miami's going to get his first visit this weekend. So he's one of these under the radar basketball kids. Listen, we've seen a lot of great players go from playing hoops. Play him as a tight end or tackle, t- tackle, offensive of tackle. tackle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So he's kind I'm of a, hearing about him. Yeah, you got, you are gonna have to ask Garen about him, but he's kind of the surprise addition uh, to to the recruiting uh, list for this weekend. But um, but anyway, and then you got Isaiah Bond, who uh, you know came with uh, Jacurry Brown. He committed to Florida last month, six one uh, or six foot, one hundred seventy five pound speedster. He'll be down here. Um, he's also got trips to Alabama and Texas. But you know, Jacurry basically told me yesterday, he's like, "Look, man, this guy's just." I think he's just messing around wants to basically get a free trip to Miami out of it. But the Canes are he's on the list for, for this weekend. So anyway, those I are the mean, 12 I guys. Think, I don't think that they're taking him seriously either. But I mean, hey, it is what it is. You never know. Right. I mean, let a guy get some free barbecue. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be on vacation next week. I'm taking my family up to Georgia. We're gonna be in the in the in the Blue Ridge Mountains for a week. And so Great I'm not gonna never- Greg yeah. Cody never took time off. No, 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 no. He never did. No, I mean, I'm unprofessional. That's the problem. I got too much money from the athletic, and now I get to take my family on vacation. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna actually enjoy it. I'm not just going to stick around my house and, and sit in the pool like uh, I, I've basically done whenever I've had any free time here the last couple of months. I haven't been, been anywhere. I'm actually going to take my family somewhere next week. So we won't have a, a podcast again next week, but we will at the end of June to sort of wrap up all these recruiting visits. To be honest with you, Kevin, I, I, I don't like talking recruiting because I just feel like it's just so overblown, man. Like just, yeah. you know, so many games were six months away from, from signing day. And so I, I dedicate a whole episode to it because it's my job, because I know that people want to know what's going on with recruiting, but let's be honest, you and I know this is a different kind of situation for Miami. Like they don't, they don't need to, this, this isn't a class where it's like make or break for them. You know, it's like, no. it's filling needs more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's good. I mean, when you get to that point, that means Manny Diaz has things on, on the right path. But the 18th is we're not going to have another show. I have, I have a list here. Somebody sent me a text this morning. Who's going to be here? And I'll share the names with you. Okay. Um, Wesley Besaint. Okay. He's the kid out of Miami Central. You got yeah. Nick Cole, the cornerback. Uh, he's an, another no-star kid out of uh, Georgia. He's a 5'11", 175-pound cornerback. Landon Abisha, that's the uh, – the wide receiver, um, Jacurry mentioned him to me yesterday. I don't, I gotta look up Landon's height and weight. Um, but you know, he's he's a kid out of uh, I think Louisiana. Um, he'll be coming down here, another receiver, Anthony Lucas. I mentioned him in my story today. He's a um, he's a four star offense, he's a four star defense alignment. Okay, he's been to Texas oh. AM, he's gonna go to Notre Dame this weekend, and then he's gonna be at Miami on the 18th. He's out of uh, Arizona. Out of Arizona, okay. Scottsdale, Chap- Chaparral High, six four and a half, two seventy nine. Oh. So he Chaparral, he's kind of yeah, that's one of the powerhouses out there. Yeah, so he'll be a big one for Miami. Uh, R.J. Maryland, uh, the tight end, Russell Maryland's kid. Um, 
he'll be down here, uh, a tight end out of uh, South, I don't know if it's South Lake Carroll, but I know he's South Lake Carroll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one who played Northwestern back in the day when I was there for that. He'll be down here. He's a three-star tight end. Uh, you got Kamari Rogers. That's a kid I think Miami's going to get now, by the way, um, from, from conversation. Somebody else said that. Yeah. He's a four-star cornerback out of Mississippi. He spent a lot of time talking to Jake Garcia. And, you know, he's kind of being treated as one of the cornerstones of the class, uh, you know, from a leadership and athletic ability standpoint. He's a big, tall, long corner, the way T-Rob likes him. He'll be coming right, down to take – him and Graves both if you get two six-two corners. Right, right. Um, DJ Wesselak. Now, I think DJ – where did I see his name before? I had him on one of my lists, and I can't remember what the hell position this, – this is the problem with recruiting. There's so many kids that you need to have yeah. an, an encyclopedia-type knowledge of, <laughs> of all of them. And it's just hard, it's just hard especially when you're, you're talking about multiple classes. Uh, all right, this is an edge rusher. I remember now, 6'3 and a half, 240 out of uh, Missouri, four-star kid. Um, I think he is uh, – he was supposed to go to Florida on the 18th. I think he's coming to Miami now. Um, no, anyway, okay. USC is another school after him. But he's on the list of guys that, that Miami has penciled in here for, for the following week. And then Markeith Williams, I know he's the the, the uh, safety-type recruit out of the Orlando area. Let me see what high school yeah. he goes to. Orlando Evans, 6'1", 170. I think he's close with uh, with Ish, the, the uh, Miami striker coach. Um, they yeah, they went good. to the same high school. Right, they're close. And then I think the, the other name I have here is Ja'Cory Thomas, but I also know he was originally for June 11th. So I don't know which weekend he'll be coming. Ja'Cory – uh, is Orlando well, he was Boom. here for a camp. He was yeah, here, he was here on the first, right? Right. Um, so anyway, those are the guys that are for, for next week that I got here penciled in f- to come in as far as the list. So I wanted to share it with you guys, so you know I'm not just like ripping shit off of two four seven sports or <laughs> rivals. I actually have a reporter who gets information on my own. But uh, but anyway, th- those are the names. Uh, Kelvin, I guess the, a parting thought here before I play some, some of my interviews here uh, from this past week with some of these recruits. What are your what are your final thoughts when you look at you know where Miami is June 8, 2021? I think we're in a great position. Um, I think that we'll get a few more commits this summer and then, you know, probably be some surprises that people will get some guys that people thought we probably couldn't get. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of really good kids, but there's nobody in here that's going to come in. There's no Leonard Taylors in this class. I don't see any James Williams in this class. And I'm not just talking about in Florida. I'm talking about nationwide. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some really good players. And, I mean, you know, let's just be real. Some of these kids in this class are going to play as true freshmen. Right. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't see superstar written on a lot of them. I see good kids that will develop into like I, I like I take a bear the bear Alexander kid. I see potential. But he needs coaching. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well and, and another guy I think that falls in that category, Shamar Stewart, right? The kid the, the, the number one kid in my in Miami Dade and right according to the rankings. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a guy yeah. who's got a ridiculous NFL type body. He's six five, two seventy, but you and I were talking about him last night. He's a defensive he's a defensive tackle away now. Right. You, you think he's that his high school coach on the other hand, who I spoke to last night says, no, he's an edge rusher. He can, he runs a four eight. He's got athleticism. He's, he's, you know, his, his coach thinks he's uh, Jalen. His coaches, his coach has got him. What, what school does he go to? Monsignor Pace. Listen, 
if this were the, the 80s and Jimmy were recruiting him, they would lie to him and say he got a chance to play as an edge rusher, maybe start as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. But what they really would be telling the host is tell him he's going to play in, but we know he's going to have a 90 number and he's going to be two gap. Because right. is he a legit 270 right now? 265, 270. His coach said 270, but, you know, I, 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 you right, know, so Mario, Mario Perez is a good guy, by the way. I'm not going to discount any of his information. Is, is he, he doesn't is overhype he a, guys. Is he a legit 6'4"? Yeah, I've seen. I've stood next to the kid. I mean, he, he you got to look up at him. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great build. But mm-hmm. when you watch him, I and I keep going back to this. When I watch that, how do you say a kid's dealer's first name? Nigel Lee Kelly, right. right. When I watch him pass rush and I watch Marvin Jones Jr., who, in my opinion, is the best pass rusher in the state of Florida, whether we get him or not, He's just a hell of a football player. Now, mm-hmm. let me back up. And I said, there were no James Williams in his class. He's James Williams. All right. Now, going forward, when I look at Shamar Stewart, I see potential. But I see a lot of bull rush. Mm-hmm. And I'm not too keen on his instincts either. I think he's just bigger than everybody right now. But he's going to be a defensive tackle. Because if he's 265 now, he'll get up to 280. And once you get to 280, ooh, you're in purgatory. Yeah. So unless you're unless you're like Demarcus Walker from Florida State, where you're 280 and you make it happen, because that kid was a dog and he had pass rush moves. He could go off. He could play any position on the line. I see Shamar Stewart being, and, and I'm not saying he's not going to be a pro. I'm just saying, as a matter of fact, he would be a really good defensive. He'd be, he's a three technique. He'd be a really good three technique. Marvin Jones Jr., Nigel Lee Kelly, and even the Anderson kid, if you look at them, they're pass rushers. Mm-hmm. And I think we're still high on the Anderson kid. Right. Well, he's he's on the board. There, there's so many names. The interesting thing here is ultimately Miami fans, you know, you, you get caught up in the recruiting rankings, right? We'd say three-star, four-star, five-star. We worry about are they ranked in the top 20 classes in the country, all that kind of stuff. I, I My opinion, I think Manny's going to use – 17 scholarships on high school kids, two to, to get Cody Brown and, and the Justice Oluwasun kid in, potentially this defensive tackle out of USC, and then whatever else they want to save for the transfer portal. That's kind of the approach that I think they're taking. Well, that's um, not just Miami. That's everybody. Well, everybody who's good does that. <laughs> everybody who's good. Yeah. There's a lot of the teams that have no choice but to go into the transfer portal to get help because of, of how they've been decimated by, by bus. But I think Miami's in a better position now than they were two years ago because they got more talent, oh, more like talent. Nike. And they got, and they got kids that are bought in. There's not kids leaving. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, some of these kids aren't playing and there's 14 kids in the transfer portal. That's well, not- I gotta be honest with you. I am really surprised that six is still on the roster. That tells me a lot about the program. Look, I don't see six starting this year. And I think he might see it too. But to his credit, it seems like he ain't, he ain't, you know, he Mark ain't going to do it. Talking about. I'll say the name. I know you can't say it. I'll say it. For I, I refuse Mark to say his name. He has <laughs> lost those privileges. Now, I'm a little soft on number eight. I got a soft spot for number eight. I, I got to admit it. Right. I mean, Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still won't say his name. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll give you another example. I thought for sure, John, I, I didn't see thought for sure. I had, I 
thought that there was a chance that John Campbell would leave. But one, his parents ain't going to let him leave. And two, he doesn't want to leave because I think he realizes now, all right, Zion Nelson might be special, but he leaving. Right. That means we, we don't need a left tackle. And and, and it's, it's, it's sort of like how it was in the 90s and the early 2000s and in the 80s. Yeah, you, you waited have your depth. turn. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to be honest with you, the kids need to understand that that benefits them because when you take that jump to the league, I was watching Love and Basketball the other night. Uh, not that night, my mom, uh, she was watching it. I just have to eat dinner and it was on. I just, and, you know, um, Omar Epps, he gets all in his feelings because his dad was cheating on his mom and his gal is doing better than him on the basketball team. So he decides to leave early. And his dad was like, don't do it. He's like, well, you can't tell me what to do. And then, of course, he ends up getting cut. And he's bouncing around. And then he gets with the Lakers in the exhibition and blows his knee. And that's the end of his career. And that's usually what happens when you make a move too soon. And I knew that at some point this, that it would that the kids would start realizing that if you make the, if you make the bad, the wrong choice, you don't get a duel. But mm-hmm. it took longer than I thought, but it's finally sunk in, and I think it's sunk in with this class because in years past, John, um, what's his name, defensive tackle, uh, Ford, John Ford, Ford yeah. would have left, mm-hmm. Harley would have left, Cam Harris would have left, and they'd have got punished in that draft. Right. Yeah, and, and it didn't happen. I mean, these guys all decided to come back because they wanted to be a part of something. So, I mean, listen, the bottom the bottom line is um, they're they're in a better position. Manny's got them going in the right direction. Now he's just got to go out there. And well, like he told me, me, and like he told me, let, let play me our this. best against the Alabamas and Clemsons, right? That's, let, that's, that's what they got to do. Let me say this. I know you had the interview with Manny, and he didn't exactly give you the, the Raven thumbs up that he thinks it's going to be Alabama. But, hey. Manny's father was the former mayor of the city. He's a politician. He's not going to close. He's he's going to leave as many doors open as possible. But I asked one of the players the other day that I talked to regularly. I said, hey, look, I need you to be 100 with how many of your teammates think y'all can beat Alabama? He said, we all do. We all in. And I said, I needed to hear that because there's some of us alumni, you know, who think that y'all don't think y'all can win. And he's like, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. So that went a long way with me because I don't, you know, now they still need to, you know, I think shore up some things. I think all of them need to watch more film, but they're over the big part. Like, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's real. And here's the thing. You got all these Florida kids, South Florida kids. Every year you're hearing South Florida got the best talent. And I told one of them, I say, well, if South Florida got the best talent and you was on a top team in South Florida and you got a bunch of South Florida kids, why ain't y'all the best? Right. So, you know, the light, I guess what I'm saying is the light is starting to and probably has come on. 
Right. And, you know, and then we got senior leadership. You got Cam Harris in the backfield. You got Harley at wide receiver. You got Ford. And then you bring back DeAndre Johnson, who transfers in a defensive tackle. You got Bolden and, you know, uh, Gervin Hall. You got uh, number five, Carter. You got Frierson. You got a lot of leadership. You know, Corey Gaynor. I mean, so hell, the quarterback. So this isn't a bunch of sophomores leading a bunch of sophomores. This is a bunch of seniors leading a bunch of young guys with talent. And the formula is there. You know, we've got one position with question mark as linebacker, and I think we're going to be all right there. I think that's going to take care of itself. I hope you're right, man. I, I want to see these guys win. I want to see them be competitive in terms of, uh, you know, playing the big dogs. And I think that's the next step. And then if you read my state of the program series story in the athletic today, I mean, Manny Diaz basically conveyed that. I know, I know you, you, you know, the players want to beat Alabama, but I can tell you that Manny sees this as a, pro, a progression, right? This is year three. He, he's fixed a lot of the issues they had about players leaving early. He fixed a lot of the issues as far as kids buying into his belief. Now the next step is, is delivering, you know, big time on the field. And, you know, well, but he, we we would he, he you guys would be trying to put him in a straitjacket if he's saying the stuff I'm saying. I can say this because I'm not on the coach's staff. You know right. what I'm saying? Although although I know you're known as the closer when it comes to recruiting in terms of uh your your magical words behind the scenes, the conversations you have with recruits. That's what that's what that's what I'm hearing anyway. They call you the closer. Well, well what's funny is it's like now it's like <laughs> you know, I was telling my partner, it's like, you know, we get in the age now where all our friends, kids, and grandkids is recruits. And now, you know, they asking for help. And this is weird because, um, you know, I got a friend of mine. His son's going to the ninth grade. He's coming to the camp tomorrow for the ninth and tenth grade. So I was telling yeah. Packy, hey, look out for this kid. It's one of my boys, blah, blah, blah. You know, then me and him talking about bedlock. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, you know, look, you got the kids recruiting the kids. You got a great coaching staff that can recruit. They can't come out as coaches and say, we're going to kick Alabama's ass. Right. Because if you think Rhett Lashley don't think he's going to take it to them, you fool yourself. No, you got- I, I'm, I'm not saying that that's not what they're thinking internally. I'm just saying Diaz, at least from a public perception perspective, when I ask him the questions like, where do you think you are? You know, he he wants the expectations to also be fair. Like, hey, I'm trying to eradicate. I mean, his quote in my story, I'm trying to eradicate all the things that have held Miami down for the last two decades. That's a man who's making smart, calculated decisions and seeing it not as the the, the lunatic fans, I think, where a lot of them are like, well, you got to win in three years. Right. That's how all of them feel. I think he's trying to say, listen, I got this fixed. Now it's. We need to add all the depth we need in terms of recruiting talent, right? Get all the best players. Stop taking kids who shouldn't be at Miami. And then then the second thing is when we get a chance to play Alabama, LSU, Clemson, we can't go out there and and look. And pee on ourselves. Right. Yeah. That's all he's saying. I mean, that's all he's saying in my article. But I, I think I think it's important to have perspective, right? When you're when you're a fan and and, you know, and I told Manny this in our conversation. I'll share some of this with you you know, he kind of busted my chops a little bit about how, (laughs) 
I'll, I, I've written in the past that, you know, if Miami was a real school, they wouldn't have settled on a coach without head coaching experience within 48 hours. Right. That's that's what I said on a podcast. And I think I've written it as well, where, you know, when they hired Manny, um, it was kind of a very quick decision. And it was the right decision, though. Yeah. And, but but here's what I'll say about in, in, in response to all that. And then and then from a big picture perspective, I think the, the problem for Miami fans are is they think this is easy right? Like rebuilding this program. And Manny's point to me was simply that, that, you know, if they're going to win a championship, they got to go about it the right way. And if you look at what Clemson did and what Dabo did um, in his situation, it took him years to get to where they were, but he took him like four, took him like five or six. Yeah. I mean, right. he got his brains beat in the first three years and then he got up to the point where we're at now. And then FSU was putting a foot in their ass for a couple more years. And right. he it, finally turned the corner. It took him time, and I think more than anything, Manny just wanted to convey to me, like, a lot of, you know, who knew who Dabo Sweeney really was before <laughs> before things took off? That was his point to me, and I think mm-hmm. he feels same like... Thing, like he said to you about Ryan Day, same thing. Right, Ryan Day with Ohio well, State. Not you know, just Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley. Right, and, and, and I guess his point is, you know, um, give it time, and then also, you know, take into account that, you know, the best coaches in college football, uh, they weren't known. You know, outside of Nick Saban, and Urban Meyer, there aren't a lot of proven champions, right? And and, and Urban Meyer's in the NFL now, so yeah, he'll the rest be back of them, in college in a couple of years. <laughs> the rest of them, they're all they're all uh, fighting to make a name for themselves. And 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 I told Manny but this. Even Mario, talking, even Mario, Mario took right. a job at Oregon, and it was you know, there was a leap of faith on Oregon's part because what had Mario really done? Right. No, right. He'd been an assistant head coach. He'd been an assistant head coach at, at, at Alabama, Miami, other places. And he'd been a head coach at FIU that did, that did a decent job. I mean, the one thing I will say is Mario at least had head coaching experience. Man, he didn't. But that's not to say that that, that necessarily means success either, because guys can be a head coach and, and it just doesn't work out. I, I think more than anything, and this is something I don't want to end this with this before we get to some of the interviews I wanted to play, but I told Manny flat out, I said, listen, I think if people really look at Miami's situation, it's a lot harder for him to win nowadays than it was for Howard. Because when Howard took over. Mm-hmm. He's under the radar. Yeah. The state of Florida was producing talent. Okay. But it wasn't like it is today where everybody in the country knows this is, you know, this in California yeah. and Texas and Georgia. And, and not only that, but there were fewer teams. You didn't have USF and UCF taking, mm-hmm. taking your backups. You know, well, to, to make your point, when I was a high school senior, USF didn't have a football team. UCF, or excuse me, FIU didn't have a football team. FAU didn't have a football team. And UCF was Division One AA. Mm-hmm. So it was just Florida, Florida State. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you picked your left. Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Yeah, now, that's it. So yeah, it definitely has changed. Yeah, and and so we agreed on that. But uh, but anyway, Kelvin, man, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on doing this show with me. I, I think I might uh, be on your show soon, one of these days, whenever you record another one. So I hope people yeah, will, yeah, be well, sure to check that one be, out. You, you want to plug it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Manny will be one of my guests. Uh, we're actually going to record tonight or tomorrow night, and more than likely is I'm going to get Melvin Bratton on. He's got a water um, that Business. he's. Uh, yeah, he's the owner of this Keen Water. Mm-hmm. They just purchased a uh, a plant in Georgia. I want to let him talk about that, and also about you know with him, he's also a, a agent, and he's got you know got some pretty good clients. So 
you know, that'll be my back in the day segment. And I may actually reach out to Ivans or Gabby and see if I can get them on because, you know, they get a hard on off of this shit. So, you know. <laughs> They're not like me. They don't like coming in for uh, for a few days, talking to a bunch of people he hasn't spoken yeah, to in a yeah, while. They, and... We had to pump you up with like eight bottles of Viagra to get you to talk about this shit, you know. <laughs> But 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 I mean, uh, yeah. listen, man. My my recruiting days were the Willie Williams days. Okay, that that's oh. when I was a star in the recruiting business, and that was what 15, 17, 18 years ago. Yeah, you were so young and you know, snotty nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Gabby, Gabby's what like twenty three. Gabby's a young guy. He's just got married, and and Ivan's listen. They they love it, and I and I give these guys all the credit in the world. It is hard to cover recruiting. Yeah, they go you, hard, man. They are. It, I mean, they, every they, single day. They ain't quite Larry, because Larry is, uh, he's not well, he's you. Just, he's the encyclopedia. Larry's the encyclopedia. He's the historian. Yeah, Larry Larry Larry's is not you. He's a combination of uh, Bill Buckholter, Baxim Finger, <laughs> Tom <laughs> Levin. <He's> a- <laughs> and I had Gabby on on uh, him and Matt Shodell from Canesport, the Rivals uh, guy who covers all the recruiting. Matt's been on several times on the pod. I had them last month to preview all of this stuff, but you know, now we're in the middle of June. They wanted some, some, some content, which, you know, I hadn't given them anything new in a month. You know, I, here's what I'll tell the hurricanes fans who don't like the recruiting. The season is coming soon. It's coming soon. We'll be talking about Alabama. Okay. I'm going to end it by saying this. I told my man over at Georgia, Georgia, uh, I forget the name is uh site, but he's one of the main uh, guys for Georgia. Like, you know, Kane's insight and those guys. This guy's mm-hmm. named Brooke Austin. We were talking about, uh, you know, we're talking about some of these kids. And then we got to talk about Bama. And I said, hey, I'm going to tell it to you right now. We're beating them by 10 to 17 points. And he was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I said, and, and I stopped him and I went over it. And I'll tell you people the same thing. This is not the 2019 Alabama team. This ain't the 2020 Alabama team. This team is vulnerable. This team is the fat girl in the club at three in the morning who just lost a boyfriend. She 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 made or I shouldn't say the fat girl, but the good looking girl who just lost her boyfriend. I mean, yeah, there's two or three guys, four or five guys that are hollering at her. But she's got low self-esteem. But she ain't trying to tell nobody that. And I'm gonna say this again. They just lost their only quick player on offense, Keelan Williams. Texas. They took they took Ohio State's fourth, fifth best receiver, Jamison Williams. They don't have any quick players. Let me let me let me reiterate. Say this. Let me reiterate this. This is Alabama now, so it's not like they're the covered in bear. They have really good football players, but they're big and bulky, and they're and, and and and. and the reason why Rhett Lashley can't sleep at night, can't wait to get because he knows we are a mismatch nightmare for this team because we're quicker than them. This is this is like watching um, Trey Young play the Knicks. <laughs> it just it it. And to your point and to Manny's point, if the kids show up, if the kids show up, we're going to beat this team. Because when you break down the rosters, we're the vet. If you took the names off these two teams, we're the veteran team. 
I told you we were going to get into football talk, guys. He is too excited for this over. We will we will be over with recruiting soon. But for now, I gotta let I gotta let this audience go, Kevin. We will we will break down Alabama. We will break down Appalachian State. We'll break down Michigan State, uh, Central Connecticut State. I'm not Virginia. wasting my time with Appalachian State. We're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go in depth with all these. I'm teams not talking about today, Virginia. Come on, man. I, I got to get to these interviews here. Well, Kelvin, thanks right, for coming man. on, man. I'm going to play some <laughs> of this uh, this audio here from Ja'Curry Brown, uh, Anthony Jones, the tight end out of Nevada, and then we're out of here. But thanks for it's tuning two in. two-game season, people. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, really excited. I mean, I'm ready to get back down there since uh, since uh, the week before I committed and, like, really just come out and enjoy the city and uh, talk to Coach Lashley and – I just like let my parents see it. This is the first time going, like, ever going to Miami, so it's really just a trip for them. Cool. What are you looking forward to the most? I mean, you, you, when you uh, did your previous visit, I mean, what did you really get a get a chance to see, and what didn't you get a chance to see? I got to see everything, but like football related things. Like, I never got to like go inside like the field house and stuff like that. So I'm really just excited to see like um, just hanging around like more players that are there. Kind of recruit a little bit with uh, Jane Gibson and a lot of other guys that are going to be there, and um. Really just enjoying myself, really just like, I mean, we're in the summer now, I'm out of school, this is probably like my first and probably my only vacation I'm ever take, so, <laughs> of, this, of this summer, so I mean, yeah, I'm really just like really excited to enjoy it, really just like fall in love with it like I did before. I know when I reached out to you before, I was curious, did you did you ever end up doing a lot of recruiting for Miami, were you reaching out to guys, I know you said you might be doing some yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, always, 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 always. Who who are some of the guys you've been you've been talking with and 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 sort of building relationships with? Um, number one, uh, Jaden Gibson, receiver uh, out of Florida, mm-hmm. for sure. Him, a little bit with Bond. Bond be playing though. I don't know. Bond be playing a lot. But um, him, uh, Wesley Bissentang, Kamar Wilson, uh, uh, guys that are like that. Miami's like really high on that. We're high on yeah, Malika Bi- Agbo. Malika yeah, Agbo. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. He just um he just came on uh, on season. Yeah, he really enjoyed it. Him, uh, what's the shit thing I said? Him, uh, Kamari Rogers, guys of those nature. Just, um, guys that were high on. Like, yeah, I've talked like, coaches and stuff like that. And, I mean, just guys that are high on. Because I'm not going to go for a guy that, like, they're not messing with. And, like, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, it's, re- it's really it's strategic with it, pretty much. Yeah, I got you. Well, I I was going to say, it seems like, you know, I know they only got two commitments or whatever. You and, and Quan Lee, the kid out of Gainesville. But it right. it seems like they're not I don't know they're not just rushing to like get commitments like they really want the best guys and they really like they're not like messing it's kind of like they they know who they want and that's it right yeah because like last year's uh, class twenty one class was like a really really tough class a really big class too mm-hmm. so I mean really this class like like depth and then those guys like that are um, so like I said we're not we're not playing around like we want we're not trying like. Just throw out offers and get committees and you gotta, you gotta like get the hype. I mean, doesn't matter. We just gonna get those core players, those solid guys that are really just gonna be the future of the program. What's Jaden Gibson like? I haven't had a chance to talk to him. I don't know that he does many interviews. What, what's he like? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's really like uh, calm, like kept to himself type guy. But I mean, like he has that like that corn lead mentality, that my mentality, just like to get in every day and go to work and. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's gonna beat me, nobody's gonna stop me, cause uh, I'm a work, I'm out working. So he's just a really good, like, like I said, me and Mesh really good. He's a cool kid. I, I really like, I respect him a lot. Like outside of football, just like as a person. Yeah. Just, like he's a, he's a really good guy to talk to. I mean, just yeah, he's a really good guy. Yeah, I, I was curious. Um, 
like what, what a guy like him, I'm sure you've never played catch with him. You've probably never met him in person, right? I mean, my guess is. Yeah, I met, I met Jaden one time and I was, uh, we were in Atlanta and he had a 7 on 7 and I had one too. And, you, and so you guys were able to play catch a little bit, like just, you know, talk or, uh, I don't know, do any. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like we talk. I ain't never, like, threw a ball to him. We probably would just, just actually just like, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Have the coaches talked to you about that, about maybe, you know, helping with the workouts? Because I know they're allowed now, the NCAA allows guys to, to go through, like, I guess, 45 minute, hour long workouts. And I know Miami right. was doing that with a bunch of dudes. Are you are you going to do any of that stuff with them, like, throw to the receiver? Um, I, you just gave me a good idea, actually. But um, I'm gonna actually, Coach. I know Coach uh, last year the game for that, so most likely. Okay. For sure, we probably. I mean, we probably do that and end up like hooping. Like, if you guys, if you ever been, like, have you been on Miami's campus? I have. Yeah, I've been there, but not in yeah, a while. Like not big, not since COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got like the big hooping court right there, and I mean, a lot of guys on the team be talking about like I can't hoop because like. You know what I mean? So we're probably going to end up hooping, having some fun, and um, <laughs> maybe throw the ball around a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious of the dorms, man. Like, what was your impression? I'm sure you got a chance to see that because I, I heard that's, like, a huge selling point, like the new dorms, the new student yeah. dorms. Did you get a chance to see yeah. those? Yes, sir. Uh, Lakeside? Yeah. Yeah, those are, um, those are amazing. I mean, um, I went and saw the Thomas's and uh, Kamar Kitchens and all those guys. And, uh, it's really, really nice. It's really dope. No, I mean, you, you can't ask for a lot to be a college student, but I mean, it's, it probably exceeds your needs, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, like, the whole campus as a, like, a, I'm, I'm a nature guy, so I mean, I, I fell in love with, like, all, like, walking around, seeing iguanas and junk, and like, just looking in the water, seeing fish and stuff like that. I'm the type of guy to want to be outside and stuff like that, so I mean, that's really just a good vibe. I, I'm just curious, when, when it comes to this kind of stuff, visits and trying to convince guys, is it something that you look forward to, like you like it? Like you're like, oh, I, I get to have a, a hand in like trying to help build my team? Or you're a guy who's right. like, you know, uh, I'll do it because I'm a good teammate. You know, like, I, but that's not my first choice. Uh, I, I, like, I like it. I like it a lot because, I mean, ultimately when I step into going in uh, in January, I mean, that is just, if I'm the leader in the class that I'm bringing in, that's just uh, one-fourth of the team that I got to do because, I mean, it's four, four classes that are there, so I mean, just – Stepping in as a quarterback and leading your class is just like one like thing that you say you do, and it'll help you out as like going in and knowing those guys like personally and getting to know them and like uh, reaching them on a different level than like another guy would. So I mean, just really, it's like it's really good, um, really good prepping for like leading the team or like just like just being a leader in general. So yeah, I, I like having my hand in that. That's like. That's how I am down here, like, uh, like the offensive playing and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I like doing that because when I, when I, if like when I'm done playing football, which like it's gonna happen, I, I, I want to be a coach. So like, I mean, I, I'm going to coach regardless. So I mean, just uh, getting like these prepping myself for just being a leader, talking to guys, reaching them on a different level. I'm all for that. Yeah, talk, talk to me about Quan Quan Lee for a minute, man, because. He he seems like a very high energy guy. I see like he's got like his own like company he's trying to start, like a movie. <laughs> I know you hustle. I know you cut grass and, and do all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious, like what tell me about Quan. What's he like? He's um he's a fiery kid, like I said, uh like you just said, um uh, high high motor guy, laugh kid. I mean, he ain't uh, he ain't never down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean he's um he's a worker, he's a hard worker, I mean he's gonna talk yourself. I mean, he can't, and he's gonna prove it. And a lot of things like he's um talking about going one on one with a Travis. I want to throw for that, honestly. But um, just he's a he's a fiery kid. Like I said, that mentality is just like you're just not gonna beat me. I'm gonna outwork you. Yeah. And I mean, just really just knowing what you want to do in life and going to go get it. Because I mean, a lot of guys would just be like iffy about I don't know if I want to do this, this and that. It's just like I am, I am, I am. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And, and did you, yeah. uh, have you met him in person? Have you guys have any? Yeah, yeah. Me and, me and Quan played on our 7 or 17 my uh, sophomore year. Your sophomore year. Okay, so you guys yeah. have experience, and then and so you've met Jaden already. I'm curious, is there any other receiver? I mean, obviously, I know you met you mentioned Isaiah and, and how he's messing around. I know he's committed to Florida. But, right. I mean, I, I guess those are the three main targets that they've got at receivers. Is there anybody else that you know that they're really right. after? Ish Harris. Ish Harris, okay. Uh, athlete. Uh, yeah, we're after him a little bit. Um, I always focus on his first name. In a better, out of better, he's out of uh, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, yeah, I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a he's a gym. Like a lot of people sleep on him. I like him a lot. I watch his film. Like he's a he's the type of guy to make me look good. So I mean, uh, I think he comes on a visit maybe later on this month. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. But um, what? for sure, uh, Skinner, uh, Jaden Helms, Caden Helms. Right, Caden will uh, be there with you the same weekend. Right. Yeah. So we really just. We're just building on those guys that we like to really high on yeah. offensively. Offensively. Uh, I know they're not going to take a ton of offensive guys. It's going to be a very defensive heavy class. So it's like, right. I guess when you got to make sure you get the best ones, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, right. Do you do any of this? Do you know any of the defensive guys? Like, have you tried, like, meet Wesley Besaint or any of the other guys that they're really after? Uh, yeah, um, Wesley for sure. Uh, Kamari Rogers. Right. Um, Shamar Stewart. I mean, he just, we just got a, a crystal ball for him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. So, um, him for sure. Um, is it NJ Kelly? Najee? Najee Kelly, yeah, the defensive end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, him for sure. I mean, this, yeah, we're really heavy on, uh, Gotta watch him, yeah. Uh, Jacoby Spells. Oh, I don't know why I just like this thing. And, uh, Jordan Allen. I mean, guys that uh, uh, those and and do the coaches give you a list? Do they tell you like, hey, these are the guys we're really after, or is it just like from conversations you gather all that? Oh, uh, like I, there's a um, I'm like Facetime, they like talk to all the coaches, and pretty much it went like a list, but it was like names that like, you know, because like, I, like I said, I don't want to be like going for a guy or like you know what I'm saying pushing like my towards him, and then like our coaches don't even really mess with him, so like, right, you know what I mean? Like like you said, we're trying to like get guys guys to. I mean, I trust any coach's judgment on that staff, so I mean, just just up to them, really. And I'm just like, you know, applying pressure as a player standpoint. Yeah, I I, it's, I yeah. talked to one of the defensive guys, and you know, he was basically saying like he doesn't think a lot of guys will commit maybe till like July, just because everybody wants to get their trips in. So right. is that what you're hearing from the kids too? Like when you when you talk to guys, like, hey, I'm not going to decide till till later. Yeah. Yeah, that was like early on. Like with Jaden, he said that, but like now he's like, I want to come in faster because he like he's been on like business and stuff like that. Like I respect that too. So yeah. I mean, it's really just wherever they feel. I mean, we just gotta make them feel at home and kind of just push it towards. I mean, it's it's really just God's choice on like leading them on that decision. So I mean, just put it up to them on how they how they feel with their parents and stuff like that. So because I mean, parents play a lot of a big role in a lot of these kids like like decisions. I mean, my parents didn't really, but like. A lot of other guys, like, they, like, they use their parents as, like, a reason why they're going to choose you or they're like that. Even though their parents are not going to go to school, it's just, like, you still got to connect to their parents, connect with their parents on, like, a different level, too. All right, so you heard from uh, quarterback Ja'Curry Brown out of Valdosta Lounge, Georgia, the Miami commitment, one of two that they've got. I want to get to this uh, interview here with Anthony Jones, the three-star tight end out of Nevada. You know, the one thing I took away from our conversation was just, you know, how, number one, um, how many Diaz and his staff are approaching a lot of these recruits that are visiting. They're not putting a ton of pressure on them to commit. Uh, it's more of a feel-out process. 
And, and then also just some of the interesting details of what it's like to take an official visit to Miami. Anthony shared some of those with me. So enjoy that interview, and uh, that'll be it. Uh, what was the highlight for you uh, making the trip to Miami? Man, just meeting the whole coaching staff was the big thing for me, you know, just catching the vibes, like, in person and actually, like, getting to know their personalities a little bit more because, you know, you can't really do that over Zoom and over FaceTime and things like that. So just getting out there and getting to meet the whole coaching staff was a big thing for me. Yeah, I, I got to imagine, I mean, you know, look, let's face it, COVID sucks, right? We all it's tired of being at home and not being able to go places. When did you really start your relationship with Miami? I, I saw they didn't offer you, I think, March 31st. So I'm curious, like, when, when maybe the attraction to Miami began. You know, um, just, like, from the get-go, like, I had talked to Coach Field, like, a week or two before um, they had offered me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could tell he was a really cool coach, like, down-to-earth guy, so... um I knew, like, we would work really well together from then. So that's, like, when we kind of, like, set it off. Obviously, I know you play, what, both ways, right? Tight end and, and defensive end uh, or linebacker. Where do, where do they have you? Linebacker or defensive end? It's like an outside linebacker. Okay. Push in, yeah, yeah, like a hybrid type thing. I guess of the two, I know they're, they're recruiting you for tight end, but I'm just – which one do you like the most? I'm just curious. Every time I talk to a guy who plays both ways. You know, that's, that's something I still got to figure out, you know, because – once I figure that out, then that'll like um, help me figure out my decision of what school I would want to go to. But um, after this season, or like during the season, that's when I'll figure out like that answer. Mm-hmm. Is Miami the only one recruiting you at tight end, or what? What other schools are recruiting you at tight end? Um, Oregon, I could go to tight end over there. Um, Colorado, uh, Kentucky hasn't offered me, but they like me at tight end a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona. Oh, well, um, Washington, they said I could trans, uh, transfer over to tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a couple other schools. The only real school that, like, really want me on defense, like, mainly is Texas and um, USC. So, a lot of schools are pretty lenient with where they would, uh, where I could play. Right. Did you, I mean, I guess as a kid, did you always play tight end or were you always on defense? Was there one you played before you got to high school more than the other? So, like... When I was in middle school, I actually played quarterback and middle linebacker. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, once I got to high school, um, I was in a – I went to my first high school, I went to a program that didn't really throw the ball. So um, I was like a blocking tight end my freshman year. And the sophomore year, I was, main, I was only playing defense. So now this year, like, I really get to show, like, how I play on offense and then, like, how much better I got on the defense side of the ball as well. Yeah. When you when you think about it, I mean, obviously, you know, you think about your future. I'm sure you want to play in the NFL one day. Do you ever look at it and start looking at contracts and saying, "Oh, tight ends make this much money, or defensive ends make this much money"? Is, is there a way that you that you make a decision like that, or how do you how do you sort of figure it out? Like, what do you weigh? Right. You know, I definitely was just talking about that. Um, I brought that up to Coach Diaz as well, and you know, he told me he sat down with me and he told me he was like, "Look." Um, no matter, like, he was like, you're going to be making regardless if you go to the league. He was like, if you bust your if you bust your butt to play this position, you're going to go higher in the draft anyway. So he, he was just looking at it like, if you're really passionate about the position you want to play, then you're going to work as hard as you can at that position to do as good as you can to go as early in the draft and make as much money as you can. So right. he was like, you, you don't want to, like, regret, like, if you're going to be playing defense, like, looking over at the tight ends, like, catching the ball all day. You don't want to, like, regret that, so... Well, Miami's obviously known for their tight ends, right? I mean, the amount of guys that they've cranked out there the last couple of years, is that 
something that makes them attractive to you, how they use the tight end in, in Brett Lashley's offense, I guess, is that uh, what would you say is, is attractive about them from, from a you know personnel perspective? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, how much they throw the ball to the tight end, how many tight ends they produce into the league, you know. Um, Brethren was letting me know, like, hey, like, this is a system for you if you want to play tight end. And at the high school that I'm at now, we run a pretty similar offense using the tight end, um, like how they do, like, run similar, real similar route to play. So if I were, uh, were to go there, it would be a pretty easy transition. And how do you feel about moving far away? I mean, I'm looking at all the all the schools on your list. I mean, Miami, or, I mean, Oregon's not close necessarily to Vegas, right? I mean, to it's it's like it, everything is pretty far away. It's not like you're going to be right close to home. Right, yeah, the only school I really have that's, that's pretty close is, like, Arizona and mm-hmm. USC. Right. Um, but, you know, like, traveling across the country, like, if it's what I have to do, like, what's best for me in my future, you know, that's not really something I'd look at because... Um, my mom and I look at it as like it's just a flight away like you know no matter if the flight's two hours or five hours um, it's still a flight just back home so yeah, you know that's not really a big deciding factor for me did mom go with you? oh yeah for sure. uh, she did and so did my sister so did they like it? I mean is this like a place they could see themselves living in you know while you're playing college ball would mom do that? would she come with you? or? Um, I don't know if she would come with me but she could definitely she definitely like loved Miami. She loved the city, loved the coaching staff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she wants me to get away, um, go live my own life, like go do my own thing. Of course, she'll come up there and visit from time to time. But I think like she wants me to go off and you know uh, figure things out on my own, so I can, if I do go to the league, I'll be ready for that. And you got, I know you got two more visits: Texas and Oregon. I guess Texas next week or this week, and then Oregon on the twenty fifth. Are there any other visits you have lined up, or is that it? Uh, as of right now, that's it. Okay, you might save some for the fall, or uh, or do you think you'll make your decision before then? You know, I want to have my decision um, before my the end of my senior season. Okay, because I want to enroll early in January, so I would want to know where I would wanna, I would be going. Right, right, right. I, I, the activities I heard. You know, first of all, who was your host on the on the trip? Bubba Bowden. What was that like? Uh, I figured they would give you the Vegas guy, right? <laughs> oh yeah, um, you know, Bubba. He, kept it real with me, you know, I asked him a few questions about the program, about Coach Diaz and everything, and, you know, he kept it real with me, and um, that really helped, like, a lot, made me think about some things, Um, he said nothing but great things about the program, and then we went out and did our own thing, you know, but, yeah, pretty cool. Where'd he take you, what'd you, what'd you do, anything fun on South Beach, or, uh, I know that they took you guys to nice restaurants and all that, I heard Rusty Pelican, Smith and Walensky, right? Uh, I know you guys ate oh, breakfast yeah, at yeah. Diaz's house. Give me some of the highlights from the actual trip. That was that was the best. Man, like you said, just like going out and um, like we were eating breakfast at Coach Diaz's house or eating lunch right on the water, you know. Um, and then like at when I went uh, with Bubba and then like we went out had our fun time. And then um, the second night I, I went up to South Beach with uh, Jake, the uh, quarterback from Grayson. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was pretty cool, but. Yeah, they took us out. We did our own thing. Had, had a good time. Yeah. How does how does Miami stack up with Sin City in terms of women and everything else? I know you have a girlfriend, but I'm just I'm wondering how a guy who who lives in Sin City sees the the landscape of Miami and and the whole culture. Right. You know, um, a lot of them were saying they were like, "Bro, if you look at Miami, it's basically like California and Vegas put together." Um, mm-hmm. And I really saw that. Um, like you said, there was a lot of a lot of people. On South Beach, you know, uh, a lot of women everywhere, but mm-hmm. that's not something I was really, like, focusing on. Like I said, I have a girlfriend, but, like, mm-hmm. with a football standpoint, um, if 
I'll be going up there. Like, I wouldn't really be getting involved in all that. Like, yeah, that's the college life and everything, but right. I'm going there for one thing, and that's well, two things to get better, uh, play, go to the league, and then uh, get my education as well. So, yeah. What, what what advice did Brevin give you? And I don't know how long you've known him. Did you know these guys at all? Did you know Brevin and Bubba and all the Vegas guys over at Miami? No, I didn't. Um, I w- they recently like reached out to me. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to Bubba, like you said. Um, Brevin was texting me, and he was just telling me like, "Look, like tight end, like if you want to play tight end, this is the place to be. Like hands down, you work really well, with Coach Field. He's down to earth guy, real coach. So he'll really coach you up there." You'll go to the league. If you stay healthy and do what you got to do, you'll go to the league. You go to Miami and you're playing tight end. Yeah, Coach Diaz, you know, and, and some of the other guys I've spoken to had said, you know, the key for them is getting the, the players to talk to you guys because they know that, you know, the message from the coaches is always going to be pro Miami, but they want you guys to hear from the players. Is there more value in that when, when you hear from Brevin Jordan or, you, or do you see it the same way? Like, of course he's going to say that's a Miami guy. No, like, um, you know, the players, like you said, they're going to keep it real. Like, if there's a problem, they're not going to have like, a real issue, like, telling you that. Um, so it, it was good, like, hearing a lot of the feedback, like, from the players. And, you know, they were saying, like, the coaches never changed, like, when they got from, like, when they were recruiting them to when they got on campus. So that's a big thing because, you know, a lot of coaches change up, like, once you get on campus or they tell you something and they tell you one thing and they, they do another thing, you know. So that was a big thing for me. Like, but what he was telling me, like, you know, Coach Diaz has been the same guy since, since I've been here. So, yeah, hearing that from the players was a big thing. Yeah. So, when do you think you'll make up your mind, Anthony? You said you, you you might make it up at the before the before the season or at the end or what? When do you think you're like? And how will you announce it? How will you kind of get it out? You know, um, I haven't really thought about that yet. But um, like I said, just sometime like it would definitely be sometime during the season for sure. Okay. Um, so I I can focus on the rest of the season and um, know where I'm going in because I'll be leaving um in December. So. Okay. Wondering where you get your athletic genes from, man. A mom and athlete, dad. I mean, where do you where do you get the athletic genes? My whole family played sports. Um, my dad is really tall, but my mom she was a water skier, played basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, my older sister she was top track. Uh, she was really like one of the best players or best runners in track when she was in high school. One of the top basketball players. My second older sister um, went to U of A, played volleyball. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, our whole family is pretty athletic, and then I guess I just got less like with the height and size. So right, did uh, when you when you I guess I, I know every player usually has like that final meeting with Coach Diaz, and you mentioned talking to Coach Field. When, when you left, were they putting pressure on you? I, the one thing I've heard is that they don't do that. That, that Miami doesn't really right. try to pressure guys. Uh, what was sort of their oh, yeah. message? You know, at the end. Yeah, they were. All, all they did was talk about the other programs. You know, they were talking. About like nothing bad about the other programs. A lot of great. They're like, you're gonna love Texas. You're gonna love Oregon. But just remember, like, it's the people that you're gonna go to the school for. Everybody's gonna have great facilities, this and that. But when you lay your head down at night, like, are you gonna be comfortable with the coaches' staff? Because that's what you gotta deal with. Like, you're gonna get over the facilities and the big things like that. But mm-hmm. um, it's who you're gonna work well with for the next three or four years. Right. So, um, yeah, we sat down with Coach Diaz, my mom and I, and. Um, you know, asked some questions, he answered them. Um, yeah, he definitely didn't pressure us at all. Like like I said, like they were just talking great about the other programs and you know, like no rush, but they were definitely showing their uh, like how interested they were and yeah, but no pressure there. Yeah. Did you like that? Do you think that's good or or did you want them to say, Hey, we want you to give us an answer now? <laughs> I'm just no, curious no, as to the I approach. Yeah. No, I 
definitely wouldn't have like I wouldn't have liked that. They were like, hey, we need to know now because then, you know, um, then that wouldn't like really show like they they had my best interest at heart because I still have to go, you know, because I, I had already decommitted from Washington, so right. I want to take this recruiting process like slowly and make sure that where I'm gonna commit to next is gonna be the school that is right for me. So yeah, why did you decommit from Washington? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, it was just really early in my recruiting process, and, um, you know, I was caught up in all the excitement and this and that, but I wanted to get get out and meet other coaching staff, see other schools and things like that, and I couldn't do that while I was committed, so. Yeah. I know I know you haven't necessarily visited these other schools yet, but I don't know if, like, as a sophomore, junior, if you ever got to to other college campuses, um, the, what did you think of the, the facilities and the dorms? Because the dorms are brand new, the facilities are recently new. Miami, for a long time, used to get knocked on, hey, your facilities aren't that great. What did you actually think of the dorms and the facilities? You know, the dorms are beautiful. Um, everything, I love the whole campus. It wasn't the biggest campus, but I, I really like that because, you know, getting from class to class would be real easy. Um, but I loved everything about it. The facilities were amazing. Like you said, um, the brand new uh, dorms and apartments, they were really nice. So. Yeah. How Have you been on other campuses? I guess what other schools have you been to? Uh, I only went to UNLV on June first when the day very first uh, okay. ended. But yeah, their their um, dorms were actually really nice too. But you right. know, Miami's a different place. Right. That'd be good to ask you once you're done with your visits. Uh, what you think? You know how Miami sort of stacks up from there. And maybe if I ever get a chance to talk to you again, you know, I'd love to ask you what you thought of that. Just because it's such a big deal for Miami, you know, like they're they're really trying to improve that, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll definitely be in touch again after um, the rest of the visits. All right, so you heard the interview with Anthony Jones. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We will be back at the end of June to wrap up the month of uh, recruiting and official visits. Talk about maybe the last weekend. I will be taking vacation next week. But uh, we'll keep my eye on everything going on in South Florida. Uh, hope you're enjoying your summer. Season's only a couple of months away, guys. Fall camp right around the corner. We'll have Paradise Camp. We'll have a bunch of things to talk about in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Three, oh, five. Nine, five, four. Five, six, eight.